Chapter Four of the Story of Sitka by Clarence Leroy Andrews. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Rita Boutros. Chapter Four Natives. Most of the Sitkin Kolosh kept aloof from the Russian settlement after the establishment of the new fort on Chatham Strait, near the entrance of Peril Strait. All the Kwans, the Kutsnus, the Hunas, the Chilkats, the Ox, Stikinis, Khakis, and others joined with the Sitkas in the hatred of the Russians. Parties going out from the ford at Sitka for hunting expeditions, for cutting of wood, for travelling to the hot springs, had to be on their guard, and with arms at hand, prepared to fight at a moment's notice. Small groups were often cut off and murdered. As it was impossible to decide which of the many Kwans did the act, and as there were those in each Kwan who were peaceable, with whom it was desired to keep the peace, revenge against any village was inadvisable even as late as the date of the lease to the hudson's bay company the russian ships that sailed among the islands to trade with the kolosh were compelled to act with the strictest caution only a few natives were admitted on board at a time the trading was done in a space near the stern and was conducted under the muzzles of loaded cannon concealed in the fore part of the ship the conditions were thus until 1821, when the Sitkas were invited to reoccupy the site of the old village and to live in what is now known as the ranch, under the guns of the redoubt. The Tlingit nation is a strange, warlike, shrewd people, physically strong and enduring, and possessed of many excellent qualities. Hunters and fishermen by nature and training, they are skillful boatmen, and in those days they built wonderfully beautiful canoes of the red cedar, some of them large enough to carry sixty men at the paddles. Each spring more than a thousand men gather together in Sitka Bay, coming from the different villages, to fish for herring at the spawning time, when those fish run in countless myriads in those waters. Hemlock boughs were placed in the water, and on them the herring row collected until they were encrusted with the eggs which were then stripped off and dried for future use. In 1807 there were over 2,000 hostile natives gathered in the harbor at the herring season, and they threatened an attack on the settlement. Kuskov, the most trusted and able lieutenant of Baranov, was in charge, and it put his wisdom and watchfulness to the test to avert disaster. The strictest discipline was maintained. The tribesmen waited outside day after day, hoping for news of some relaxation of the precautions of the defenders to be brought to them by the women of the tribe, who were married to the Russian promishleniki, hunters. Day and night the sentinels paced the beats on the stockade and along the waterfront, till, weary of waiting, the kolosh finally dispersed to their homes. In the great tribal houses several families lived, sometimes as many as fifty or sixty persons. Over the door of the house was painted the family totem, for the Sitgas did not raise the house totem in a pole in front, as did many of the Kwans of the Tlingits, and as the Haidas do. 
In these houses were held the potlatches, or gift parties, which were made by the wealthy chiefs. The potlatches were of different kinds, although all partook of the nature of a feasting or merrymaking, and were distinguished by the giving of gifts. In the ordinary visiting potlatches, or in the berry potlatches, the visitors came in their canoes, with which they formed a line offshore opposite the houses, put planks from one canoe to another, and on these planks danced the tribal dance. Those on shore danced the welcome dance, and invited the guests ashore. Then the visitors disembarked, and each family became the guest of their kinsmen of their totem, or they went to the guest-house of the Kwan. All the people of the same totem are supposed to be blood relations, so all those of the wolf totem go to the Guchit, or the dwelling blazoned by the rude heraldry with the wolf rampant. In the great social potlashes a wealthy chief invites his friends from many villages, and entertains them for a week or more, with dancing and feasting, and makes presents varied and valuable, from Hudson's Bay blankets to bolts of calico or of flannel, and in primitive days copper toes, chilcat blankets, and even slaves were handed over with a lavish hospitality. On special occasions in the olden time, with great ceremony the visitors landed at a distance from the village, drew their canoes ashore, and proceeded to the village dressed in festive garments, adorned with sea-lion heads or other strange headdresses, in which they danced the rare and picturesque beach dance, in acknowledgment to the spirit of the sea for the bountiful supply of salmon and herring of the past season. For the Native American it is a thankful being, and omits not to show it when occasion offers to acknowledge it to the giver of all good and perfect gifts. During the earlier years of the colony the Kolosh were implacable enemies. War parties of young men constantly haunted the islands of the bay, lying in wait for any unwary hunter or fisherman from the fort. Later, when they were settled under the walls of the fort, they became more tractable, for their homes and families were commanded by the guns of the fortress. But on the least provocation, the savagery in their blood would boil. From their great tribal houses they issued forth, faces blackened to the semblance of devils, war masks grinning, and a howling mob shouted defiance at their neighbor over the stockade. Many a bloody tragedy was enacted in the ranch, for their code was primitive, an eye for an eye, and a life for a life. Feuds raged between the different totemic families. About 1853, a party of Wrangell Indians, Stickinese, visited Sitka, and while being entertained in the guest house, were murdered and their bodies piled into a canoe which was then paddled to Japonski Island. On striking the shore, it was so heavily laden with the bodies of the dead that tradition says the canoe split from end to end. It is said that the bones of the dead are still to be seen in the undergrowth along the shore. In retaliation, about 1855, the Wrangell Kolosh made an attack on the hot springs settlement, 
burned the buildings, stripped the inhabitants of property and clothing, and left them to make their way over the mountains around the head of Silver Bay to Sitka, where they arrived more dead than alive from hunger and exhaustion. This feud was not settled until 1918, when a peace treaty was consummated between the Kwans on Armistice Day, a coincidence which is much made of by the tribesmen. The Kolosh were as firm believers in witchcraft as any of the more civilized nations. They resorted to their shamans, ex, or medicine men, in case of illness. If his weird incantations failed to relieve the sufferer, his resort was that the victim was bewitched, and some poor unfortunate paid the penalty by enduring the most fiendish torture. One March day in 1855, a commotion arose in the Kolosh village. A sentry caught an Indian who was stealing, and punished him, for which the tribe called for vengeance. Some rushed to the stockade and began to cut away the palisades. Others forced their way into the Koloshian church through the outer door. From this vantage point they fired on the garrison, and in return the batteries of the fort blazed back with solid shot and shrapnel. For two hours the fight continued, when the Kolosh gave up all hope of success and ceased the battle. The Russian loss, in killed and wounded, was twenty men, while the Kolosh loss was estimated at sixty. This was the last attempt of the natives to destroy the Russian stronghold. At times, during the latter days of the colony, the Kolosh were employed as seamen and as workers in the ice trade by the Russians, and thus they occupied a place in the industrial life. Etelin was the most successful in conciliating them of any of the chief managers, and he at one time held a fur fair at Sitka, to which peltry was brought from far and near, modelled somewhat upon the idea of the great fur mart of Nizhny Novgorod. Most of them, however, hunted and fished, lived in their tribal houses, carved their canoes, wove their baskets, and practiced their witchcraft, while their civilized neighbors gathered the furs and built ships. Under the walls of the fort, in the old tribal houses of the Kolosh, which had not been destroyed, lived the Aleuts. Properly speaking, the name belongs to the natives of the Aleutian Islands, but the term was also applied to the natives of Kodiak Island and the surrounding islets. These speak a different language from the true Aleuts, but otherwise resemble them closely. During the hunting season they scoured the seas in their skin bidarkas, in the pursuit of fur animals. In winter many of them remained at Sitka instead of returning to their homes. Their time was spent in idleness, spending the summer's earnings in the pleasures and vices of the white man. One who saw them in their kazims, as their dwellings were often called, describes them Morally, the Aleut is not bloodthirsty. He delights in simple rejoicings, and will play you a game of chess with walrus ivory pieces, a duck for a pawn, and a penguin for a king, with the greatest of good humor. Even when squabbles arrive, the argument is carried on in poetry, to the accompaniment of dancing. 
and one would be inclined to prefer the alut angry to the alut amiable did he not know he also dances when festive and when religious among them the social duty of visiting has its drawbacks several families live together in the kazims and during one's visit they all lie around in every conceivable posture jolly and genial naked and unashamed the fumes of the blubber oil lamps and stoves the stores of raw meat the many naked bodies well smeared with grease and scented with primitive unguents combine to make an atmosphere difficult to tolerate and not easy to describe yet if you will you may enjoy the warmest hospitality and have heaped upon you the most assiduous attentions End of chapter four